Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Yeah, it's been such an honour to be here and uh, we've had a, a great a great conference Friday night and Saturday and it's awesome to be here this morning with you guys and, and with the church and um, I love you guys and I love what you're doing here and um, and like I said, you know, this is out of all my little things I had on my plan to do this year, this is one of my, my things I was most excited about and... Um, <laughs> You know, if it was a little bit warmer, maybe. And uh, I'm from Whangarei, guys. You know, I'm a wuss when it comes to the cold. But, um, but love you guys. And, and just uh, uh, one of the things that I've loved the most is just in between sessions and at lunches and things like that, just having the opportunity to talk with some of you guys and, and to see you interacting with one another and to feel the health and the vibe and the culture of this church is, um, is so encouraging to know that you guys are down here in the waka, down here in Christchurch, and we're up there on the fish in Whangarei, and, um, and it is just awesome to know that you guys are down here with such a, such a great kingdom culture, to see you guys loving one another, and it's an honor to be here and have the opportunity to speak this morning, and I just believe that God wants to release something, um, both this morning and tonight, and, uh, and I just want to speak into that, and I was kind of wrestling about what to share this morning, and um, and I'm just going to go with this and and see what happens. Uh, but I feel like I feel like what I want to share this morning is prophetic for you as a church, and part of what I'm going to share this morning has also been prophetic for us as a church, and. And I have not really shared it at any other church since it's been prophetic for us as a church. But I feel that in the same way it's been prophetic for us as a church, I feel like it's prophetic for you as a church. Um, as well as a few specific things for you. But as I was praying in the worship last night, I really, uh, I saw this, this image of the ground kind of open up. And there was this underground lake right underneath this building. And it was actually the shape of Australia. And uh, I thought, weird, what, what is with that? And it took me a while to process it. Like, what is with a lake that's the shape of Australia underneath the ground of Harmony Church and Christchurch? And I, I feel like, first thing is this. There's something just beneath the surface that if you would dig into it, if you would dig the well, you would unearth a water source that hasn't been unearthed in this nation or in Christchurch yet. That there's something of of the, the healing waters of God for the healing of the land and the healing of the people that are just beneath the surface and God has positioned you in this place in order for you to dig a well that would last for generations to come. That's in general, but there's something specific about as you dig and as you pursue the Lord and as you go after this thing and as you dig the well, there's gonna be a correlation. I believe there'll be a correlation with, with, with as you dig and unearth what there is to be unearthed, there will be a correlating um, favor that unfolds with you in Australia. And, there's, and I know you already have connections with Australia, but I just believe that more and more and more and more and more, God is gonna connect you with Australia. And I don't fully understand how that is and what that looks like, 
but there is going to be an, a, 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 an import, a spiritual import-export sort of thing happening between you and Australia where you will be actually exporting what God's doing here to Australia. And it won't just be you guys going, it'll be you guys going. There'll be many teams going from here to Australia bringing the water that you have unearthed because there's something of the water that's underneath this church that's beneath the surface that God's calling you to dig into. There's something that's actually for Australia in that water. And as you take it from this place to Australia, there'll be something for that nation. And at the same time, there's something that that nation has for you. And there's gonna be a, a real strengthening of links between you and Australia. There's something really specific about you and Australia. You're holding the key for Australia and Australia's holding the key for you. There's an inheritance in the saints and it relates with you guys when it comes to Australia. And so I just wanna, that's specific for you guys. And I, I just declare right now over all the connections in Australia and everything that's happening with the relationships that you're building, Lord, in Australia and this church, I just declare strength and favor in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so I saw this under, underground thing happening, and, uh, and I want to kind of speak into that. I want to share a message that's around that. I want to share a message around digging into that new thing. And, and I want to begin by this, Acts 5. I love Acts 5. I love Peter. I love the fact that God gave Peter a key in Matthew 16, the keys of the kingdom. He had a revelation. He saw the son, and in the son, he saw the father. And the son said, who do you say that I am, Peter? He said, you're the son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. In other words, when Peter saw the son, he saw the father and the son. And when he saw the father and the son, he saw the son and the father. And then all of a sudden he had this revelation of who Jesus was. And in his revelation of who Jesus was, he beheld the glory of God and he was transformed into the same image and he received his sonship. And in his sonship, he received a key, which is the birthplace of the entire church. I will build my church on this rock. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And then flick on a few, uh, a few moments and you're in Acts chapter five and you have this man who has now been baptized in the spirit and he's walking down the street and people, multitudes of people are pulling out their sick and just putting them on the side of the road because as Peter walks past them, his shadow is healing them. In other words, he's not like thinking, how am I gonna pray for this person? He's just thinking, how am I gonna make it down the road? How am I gonna make it down the road living with this level of, a, of an awareness of God's nearness, an awareness of God's presence? I'm living in an awareness of God's presence and a consciousness of His glory that's so thick and so strong and so heavy that literally as I walk past people, the atmosphere that I am in, the atmosphere that is around me is so, so infused with the glory of God that literally just by me being present means that God is present. And when God is present, people get up off their deathbeds. And I think of that scripture, God, that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, that great prophecy. And it's not the glory of the Lord covering the earth as the waters cover the sea because that's already true. But what is not true right now is that the knowledge of the glory. And knowledge just means the experience of the glory. That the earth hasn't experienced the weight of the glory of God yet. 
And we are, we are believing the Lord for a, a moving of the Spirit so strong that the whole earth is flooded, not just with the glory of the Lord, but with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, that people come into the experience of what has always been true through people like Peter and through people like you that learn to walk in an awareness, that learn to believe, that learn to trust in the fact that, oh my goodness, He truly will never leave you nor forsake you. And you live and move and have your being in Him. He is overshadowing you. So with that being said, I want to share, um, well, I don't think I really need to speak to that print, to be honest. But there's a print available at the back if you want to buy it. It's awesome. I did it for, uh, I did it for me, and I also did it for you. I drew, drew a picture, and it's for sale down there. If, you want to, if this message speaks to you, then I recommend the print. If you don't know what it means, just ask someone that was at the conference because they know what it means. And, um, but in short, I was in a war zone earlier this year, and I had an amazing time. In, in Southeast Asia in a war zone, I got invited to preach there, and it was incredible. And uh, we saw tumors disappear. We saw deaf ears open up. I saw t- so many people just on the ground experiencing the baptism of the love of the Father for the first time. These, pe- these war-ravaged people just getting undone by the love of God. These people that have carried this orphan victim mentality who are just getting undone by their sonship. And just amazing things happen. It was incredible. And I had so many things to be thankful for. And at the same time, there is still war going on in that area of the world. I've come and gone, and the war's still happening. The kingdom of God is not fully established there. The peace that I long to see there is not currently seen there or experienced there. The glory's there, but the knowledge of the glory isn't fully outworked there yet. And I have so many things to be thankful for. And God moved and, oh my gosh, the trip was so worth it. And in many senses, it was a complete success. Yet I left thinking, man, every second kid I met still doesn't have parents. Literally. Possibly more, possibly the ratio was even higher. I mean, I was hanging out with one guy who had seen his parents killed many years ago. And then he had six kids living with him in his house who had seen their parents killed and their brothers and sisters killed, and you got orphans raising orphans. And I'm thinking, man, this is not right. Thank you, God, for the tumors. Thank you, God, for the souls being saved. Thank you, God, for the people encountering your presence. Thank you for empowering the church. Thank you for reaching the lost. Thank you for all these amazing, thank you for the deaf ears that pop. Thank you for the healed faces. Thank you for all these amazing things. But God, there must be more. I want to walk in an awareness of your presence like Peter did, where they just pull out the sick, where, where, where cities are turned upside down. I want to walk like Philip walked. I want to get transported to these, to these cities that don't know you and just stand there in joy and in presence and in your power, in your glory, and see you move so strong that literally in a moment, whole cities are turned upside down. Or you could say the right way up. And I just found myself coming back from this trip. And this was in April. I came back from this trip and, and I was pretty like messed up. I was like, people were like, how was the trip? I was like, oh man, it was amazing. But honestly, man, I'm like torn up. I don't know what to do with this. Like, I, I, I feel like I just want to go live there. I just want to go back because they need the kingdom. They need the glory. They need the presence. This is, this is just not right. I mean, we've, all, all I know is peace, but all they know is war. 
And I'm so thankful on one hand and so hungry on the other hand. And you've got to remember to be thankful. But you can't just sit on your, on your couch and, and just let it all happen. Like we have a responsibility, like Gideon said, we've been given a key. We have the authority to unlock nations. And I want to see that happen. And so I'm at my church now, and this is a few weeks later. And um, I'm there, and uh, I'm, I'm, this is the context I'm in. I'm feeling torn. I'm feeling messed up. I'm at, at my church, and, um, and people are asking me, how was it? I'm like, oh, man, I didn't even like it when people asked me that question because it was amazing and it sucked at the same time. It's hard. It's hurtful. It's painful when you get exposed to that kind of stuff. And... Um, and we're in this service, and what I'm about to explain to you is I acknowledge that it's weird. I call it the cryptic Sunday. And I'm just going to share what happened as it happened. So in the prayer meeting, the, the pre-service prayer meeting, we're praying. And um, Pumaka's sister, Ku, was leading the worship that day. And we're praying, and God said to me, Matt, I'm going to deal a new hand of cards. I'm going to reshuffle the deck and I'm going to, I'm going to uh, redeal the hand. That people who have had a stink hand, you know, who have had a hand of twos. Uh, you know, when you're playing cards and you get the hand of twos and you're like, oh man, can we just start again? That, that I'm literally going to start again. I'm going to reshuffle the deck. I'm going to, I'm going to redeal the hand. People are going to get a new hand today. And the church is going to get a new hand. And then he said to me, Ku, Puka's sister, is the ace of space. It's just a weird way that God speaks to me through weird stuff. He's, she's the ace of space, and I'm going to play her like a card, and she's going to create space, and in that space, I'm going to take my place. And I said, cool. So I prophesied that over Ku, and then we went into the, uh, into the meeting, and the service started, and the worship started, and the team did they were, they were on point, but it was just like there was something in the air and the atmosphere that wasn't quite in alignment, and it was, it was out of kink. It felt like the air was concrete. I don't know if you probably never have those services here, but like every now and again, we have one in Whangarei, and this is one of those ones where it was just like, ah, ah, and I'm thinking, God, who the sun sets free is free indeed. Come on. Where's the freedom? And it's just, it's just a starch, stiff, kind of cold atmosphere. And it's like no one was kind of getting into the worship, even though the team was doing so well. It wasn't on the team. And then we started to get a little bit of breakthrough, and that was awesome, and, and uh, started to kind of oil up the rusty hinges a little bit, and started to get a little bit of breakthrough, but not heaps. And then uh, one of our mamas in our church, she got up to preach, and she started preaching, and she started sharing from Isaiah 11, and she started sharing about the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And she was talking about the spirit of the fear of the Lord in terms of the fear of the Lord is what Peter walked in. Now, she didn't link it to Peter. I link it to Peter. She's talking about this way of life where you live in such an overwhelmed awareness of God's nearness that His presence consumes everything else. He is the paramount issue of your life. That you're living in a, in a constant consciousness of, I'm a little boy with a big papa. And every, oh, whoa. Oh, my gosh. The king of the universe has walked into the supermarket with me. And you're, and you're just overshadowed by the Almighty everywhere you go. 
That's what she's talking about. She's talking about an awareness, an awe. You were born to be overwhelmed. You were created by God to be overwhelmed. And if you're not overwhelmed by Him, you will be overwhelmed by something else. The point is, you will be overwhelmed because that's how you've been designed. And the fear of the Lord, the spirit of the fear of the Lord is, is someone walking in this overwhelmed awareness of God's presence where you're just, ha, ah, where you feel like you're, ah. I don't know if you've ever been to those kind of places like Queenstown's like that for me, where I look at the mountains and you're, ah, it's too, ah, it's too much. And then Yosemite National Park in the States is the same. I stood there and I, ah, I can't, I can't, ah, I can't take this in. Like it's actually taking my breath away. The other sight is my wife. You know, ah, my, <laughs> it's my wife. Oh my gosh. That's the fear of the Lord. So she's speaking on the spirit of the fear of the Lord. She's not talking about, now the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. She hasn't mentioned the spirit of wisdom. But she's mentioning and she's talking all about the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And she says this. Now, this is, this is where it starts to get trippy. She says, the bigger you see God, and this is what I want, to, I want to prophesy this over you, the bigger you see God, the more unstuck you'll become. The bigger you see God, the more unstuck you'll become. In other words, the bigger you see Him, the more conscious you are of Him, the more free you will live and the more glory will manifest through your life. As she said this, she said, the bigger you see God, the more unst at st, the more unst at st, right at that point, at st, the more unst, this piece of black duct tape about this big, unsticks from the ceiling and falls and lands on my head, knocks me in the head. It hits my head at k, so it peels off at st, hits my head at k. The bigger you see God, the more unstuck you become. And, and the whole church is like, what was that? Oh my gosh. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's a piece of black duct tape. And, and the whole church is like, what does it mean? What does it mean? You know, it's like double rainbow. And what does it mean? And, and I've got this piece of black. I'm like, this is, the, this is the, the chaos that tries to stick to us. This is the darkness that's trying to stick on you. And God is unsticking you from the darkness. He's unsticking us from the darkness. The bigger you see God, the more unstuck we become from the chaos that tries to bind us. You know, there's that, there's that uh, uh, shalom. Shalom. Do you know what that actually just literally means? To be unstuck from whatever binds to chaos. That's what it literally means. To be unstuck from what binds to chaos. And this is it. The bigger you see God, the more unstuck you become from what is otherwise binding you to chaos. And so we're all kind of tripping out like, okay, well, the black duct tape. I mean, never in the history of Bethel Church has black duct tape fallen from the ceiling. Call it a coincidence if you want. But the timing was quite significant. Anyway, if you're not convinced by that, the next part you'll probably be convinced by. So, so the spirit of the fear of the Lord, she keeps preaching on the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And then about two minutes after the duct tape incident, just over here, one of our, our key leaders in our church, John, 
he's sitting there and Karina's kind of finished one sentence and she's just about to start the next sentence. And you know, you have a little pause because full stop means pause, right? Which I often don't pause. I just keep going. But full stop, pause. So she's full stop, pause. And at the pause, Siri. You've got to love Siri. Siri at full volume. Whoop! comes out and John's there and he's on his, because he's got his, he doesn't, he hasn't um, listened to Andy yet about bringing his paper Bible. So he's got his electronic Bible still with the app, with the paper turning pa- paper page sound app. And anyway, he's on Isaiah 11 and all of a sudden out of his phone, you hear this uh, H5975, uh, Chaka. Wisdom, and it gives the Hebrew definition for wisdom. So I've got the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The bigger you see God, the more unstuck you become. Boom, the fear of the Lord falls on my head. And then two minutes later, you get the Hebrew definition of wisdom being shouted out of a phone at the volume at a volume that interrupted the whole meeting. And everyone said, what was that? And he said, that was the Hebrew definition of wisdom. And then I yelled out, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then Karina's like, oh. Now, because all this prophetic stuff's happening and all these kind of signs and cryptic signals are happening, you know, Karina's thinking, what to do? Like, what, what do we do? What do we do? You know, I, I had this kind of plan on how to end, but all this, it's like the Lord is interrupting my message. And so she just says this. She goes, okay, um, I don't really know what we're doing right now. But if you want this, then just come forward. If you want to be a part of whatever this is God's doing, just come forward. And then she said, Matt, do you you want to say something? Because she thought I might be able to make sense of it. I said, no. (laughs) You carry on. And so I just came forward because I just wanted to be a part of it. And you can lead it, Karina, because it's your meeting. And so I'm standing there and uh, everyone comes forward. And then she says, coo. Ace of space, come up and start to play. So she starts to play and she starts to bring a space and God's about to take his place. And then God says to me, now this is even trippier. He says to me, put your hand in your back pocket. And I'm like, okay. So I put my hand in my back pocket and I'm like, what? There's a card in my back pocket. I, ha- I have no idea how the card got there but there's a card in my back pocket. I pull out the card, and it's a playing card. I'm not even joking. There's a playing card in my back. I've got it in my wallet now, which is somewhere in this church. And I, have it, I carry it with me because it's a reminder of the season that we're in. And I pull out this card, and it's a three of spades. And God says to me, we, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Spirit, we're offering you a spade because it's time to dig a new well. There's something, there's something waiting. And then he said this to me, there's something awaiting in the waiting. And I'm putting my weight on those who choose to wait. I'm putting my glory, like I was on Peter, I'm putting my glory on those who choose to wait. There's something awaiting in the waiting, and I'm putting my weight on those who wait. And then he said, turn the card over. 
So I turned the card over, and I'm like, no way. This is crazy. It's a Singapore Airlines card. It's an A380 Airbus card. And the picture of this, of the, of, on the back of the card is a guy with headphones on, resting back on a, on, a, on a blue spirit wave in the clouds. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, the bigger you see God, the more unstuck you become. This guy's found the resting place of his presence. He's just there, resting in the glory on the back of the card. I'm thinking, that's such a cool image. And then I read the byline underneath, and it says this, a new experience awaits. I'm like, no way. I am tripping out like, you have got to be kidding. You're reshuffling the deck. Ku is the ace of space. She starts to play. I pull a card out of my back pocket. He literally starts to reshuffle the actual deck. The real card is in my pocket. And then, and then, he, and then like the, the dealer, like the card dealer, I, I look in my hand and I have the microphone in my hand. And I've been tripping out so much that I haven't been paying attention to anything that's been going on. So I didn't notice Karina put the microphone in my hand, but I look and... How did this get here? I'm thinking, did I say anything dodgy? Hopefully. <laughs> and, you know, and so I just jump up on the stage and I just started to prophesy and I said... You know, there's a three of spades. And I started to prophesy about the card and I started to say, there's a spade available. And there's something beneath the surface. And if you choose to take the spade and dig into the thing that God's doing, there's a new experience that's awaiting. But he's putting, but there's something awaiting in the waiting and he's putting his weight on those who choose to wait. You can choose to wait or not wait. But if you choose to wait, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, shall exchange their strength. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall rise up on wings like eagles. And if you would choose to wait, if you would choose to take the spade, which is this, which is this, this, what it really looks like in practical terms, it's a hunger that leads you to the kitchen where you can pursue the more that God has for you. And we have experienced so much, but God wants to upgrade. And there's honestly, there's something just beneath the surface. It's not a vain digging. It's not a digging for man. Maybe there's something there. It's a digging because there is something there. There are, there are underwater lakes. There are underwater streams. There's healing under the land. It's, you have been positioned by God in exactly the right space. You are in exactly the right season. And spring is coming early. The land is defrosting before its time. The flowers, the beauty is coming out before it's meant to. Because God just can't resist. He just wants it early. He's like, let's just move Christmas to the 20th. Let's just do what Germany does and open presents on Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like, I feel like the same is true for you. I feel like I want to say this, God's reshuffling the deck. God's reshuffling the deck. The bigger you see him, the more unstuck you become. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom will reform cities. If you want the wisdom from the Lord to know how to reform this city and see revival break forth in this city, in this nation, you will find it in the fear of the Lord, which is an awareness of his nearness that overwhelms everything else. 
And where do you find this awareness of his nearness? You find it in the waiting. Because I'll tell you what's waiting for you in the waiting. He's waiting for you in the waiting. He's right there. And honestly, in practical terms, this is what it looks like. You make time for him. Uh, there's, there's no, it's, I'm not talking about, there's no like method. It's not like say this prayer. It's you just make time for him. I know you're busy. But the main thing's got to be the main thing. The, I love what Gideon does with the, with the communion every morning, just making time every morning to wait on the Lord. And, and you've testified. There has been something. There has been a waiting and the waiting. And his wait is now on you. You've testified to the truth of this as a pioneer of what God's doing in this community. This is true. There is something awaiting in the waiting. God gave me this scripture for you. John 1, 12 says this. But those who embraced him and took hold of his name, he gave authority to become the children of God. And one version says this, he gave authority to become who they already were or who they had always been. For those who embrace him and take hold of the name, there is something awaiting in the waiting. He is awaiting in the waiting. And as you wait on him, you get to embrace him and be embraced by him. And as you do that, you'll find that in him there's a name and it's your name. There's a place where you can truly find you. And when you truly find you, the world will never be the same again. The Bible says this in Colossians 3 verse 3, it says this. That your life has been hidden with Christ in God. And when... Wait. I conveniently turned to this just in case this happened. Sorry. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Your life has been hidden. You have been hidden with Christ and God. You have been hidden. Hidden just means kept safe and secure. That you lost who you were we lost who we were. Adam lost who we were. We lost sight of who we were. And as we lost sight of who we were, we lost sight of who He is. And we lost ourselves. And we've been living a lesser life than the life God has assigned us to live. We've been living below who we are. We've been living at a lesser reality. Our experience of life is less than what God has intended for us to live. And the reason is because we haven't fully realized who we are. But the good news is this, that your life has been kept safe from the beginning of time. He's locked your life up. The true you, He has kept safe with Christ in Him. And no, no, one, and nothing can no one or nothing can touch that. No one can steal who you truly are away from God. He never lost sight of who you are. He never saw your dysfunction, saw your mishaps, saw your misbehavior and thought, man, you know what? You're not the person I thought you were. He's kept you safe. He's kept you hidden. 
in him with Christ. With Christ just means if you go to the supermarket, you know, and you're looking for a bottle of wine, which I'm not suggesting that I ever do that. But if you were doing that and you're in the supermarket and you want the cheap bottle of wine, then you look at the bottom shelf. If you look at the, if you want a medium bottle of wine that's worth a little bit more money, you go to the middle shelf. If you want a more expensive bottle of wine, you go to the top shelf and then there's a cabinet that has the really expensive bottles of wine and it's normally locked up. You have been kept hidden with Christ in God. There is lots of stuff in God. All of creation has been kept hidden in God, but you've been kept hidden with Christ in God. And if you want to find who you truly are, you are right next to Jesus. You're in the same category. In other words, if it's true for Jesus, it's true for you. You're a son. You're a child of God the same way Jesus is a child of God. There's something awaiting in the waiting, and He's putting His weight on those who choose to wait. This is what's awaiting in the waiting. He's awaiting in the waiting, and when you find Him, you'll find you. Because you have been kept hidden in Him with Christ. And as you learn to wait on Him and you see Him and you behold His glory and you just take the time. All I'm saying since this morning is this. Please, Christ Church, take the time. Make time. Carve out time. Chisel out time. Make time. And make time together. I, I just look at this group of people and I see Meetings where you just make time to wait on Him, where His glory just settles like dew over you. You have been kept hidden with Christ and God. And when you behold His glory, you are transformed into the same image. You've been made in the image of God. When you behold His glory, when He appears in glory, you also appear with Him in glory. Why? Because you see you in Him. It's something awaiting in the waiting. God wants to unmask every mask that's tried to attach to your face. He wants to unstick you from everything that's bound you to chaos. He wants to truly set you free and freedom comes and you seeing Him and when you see Him, you see you and when you see you, you can be you because the seers are the beers. You gotta see it to be it. You won't find it anywhere else but you will find you in Him. And He has made Himself available to you. And if you choose to wait, you will see that that's true. You don't see because you don't look. But if you look, you will see. And you won't look unless you know there's something to be looked at. But I've come this morning to tell you that there's something to be looked at. Someone is here. And if you know He's here, you might look. And if you look, I guarantee you'll see. You won't listen unless you know someone's speaking and you won't hear unless you listen. But if you listen, you will hear and you will listen if you know that someone's speaking. Someone is speaking and if you take time out of the busyness of the culture of our modern age and you choose to be a little bit counterculture and say, listen, I'm gonna turn up at 10. That's a bit lazy. Maybe not. Maybe you're just putting priorities. I, I remember my friend Joaquin they, at Bethel. He was on staff. And they gave him an exemption. He said, listen, I just so am hungry to wait on the Lord. 
and Bill and Chris and his, his bosses at Bethel, they said, okay, Joaquin, well, everyone else starts at nine, but you know, we just want to honor this genuine quest you have to wait on the Lord. So you can start at 10.30 if you want to have hours on end just to be with the Lord. And of course, he'll wake up at like seven and just spend that whole time. And there's just something about those decisions where you just choose, man. Honestly, the main thing has to be the main thing. Like everything else is irrelevant unless the main thing is the main thing. But what do you want? <laughs> I tell you what he wants, he wants you. And he's asking, do you want him? Because you can have him. He's right here. He's right here. I want to finish with this. And I've probably told this story before, but this is where you'll find him. You'll find him in his face. You're, so this is where you'll find you. You'll find you in his face. There's something awaiting in the waiting. God wants to unlock you in an awareness of him. As you grow in an awareness of his presence, as you grow in an awareness of his face, as you grow in a consciousness of who he is, to the degree that you grow in that consciousness is the degree that you yourself will be unlocked to be yourself. And it's like this. My daughter, Ari, I do this from time to time, but the first time I played this game, I said, Ari, Ari, come up here. And this is what God's saying to you. I said, Ari, come up here. In fact, can the band come up? I'm about to finish. Thanks, guys. Ari, come up here. So she comes up. And I said, no, no, come closer. And that's what God's saying to you. No, no, come closer. And she, she comes about here. No, no, put your nose on my nose. Come closer to me. So she comes right up and I say, and I am just, ah. Oh. Ari, at, to some degree, has been kept hidden in me. I know who she is and I love her. Oh my gosh, my daughter is like my pride and joy. I just, I love my girls. And, I, and I'm just flooded with love. I'm like, oh man, I am undone by you, Ari. And this is how God feels about you. And her nose is on my nose and I say, Ari, look into my eyes. The, the Bible would call that, behold my glory. Behold my glory. Look into my eyes. See my face. See my gaze. Look at what I'm looking at. Look at what I'm looking at, Ari. And she looks into my eyes. And as she sees my eyes, she sees what I'm looking at. She doesn't just see what I'm looking at. She sees how I'm looking at that. She starts to catch the feeling of, this is the feeling that dad has when he looks at that. I say, what do you see, Ari? She says, oh my gosh, dad. Me. I'm in your eyes, Dad. I'm in your eyes. I can see me. And there's something about that I can see me that it was almost sounded like this. I found me. There I am. I found me. That's who I am. That's who I am. That's me, Dad. And outside of that context, there's a question mark. Who am I? Who am I? Like, who am I? Is this little girl, Ari, who am I? And she comes into her dad's eyes. She's like, that's who I am. I'm the daughter of a loving father. I'm, I'm, I, I've got a family. I belong. I've got a place. I, I have access to the kitchen. I'm like royal. I'm, I'm my dad's princess. That's who I am. I found me. There I am, dad. That is the true me. 
And I'll tell you what that does when you do that with the Lord is that unsticks you, that unlocks you. And that doesn't just unlock you because when you get unlocked, you become a key that unlocks because here's how it works. When we behold His glory, we are transformed into the same image. We behold His glory as in a mirror. Colossians 3, the transformed into the same image from glory to glory. What happens when you behold His glory and you find you in His eyes and you go, man, that's me, God, that's me. I can see me in your eyes. I'm the apple of your eyes. Oh my gosh, this is the true me, the me that's been kept hidden in you since before the beginning of time. The me that you thought of when you created me, this is the true me. Wow, I'm amazing. And God says, you're amazing, not because you made yourself amazing, but because I have the capacity to make you in my image. You're my son, you're my daughter. This is the most humbling place on the earth to sit, is to look into the eyes of God and go, oh my goodness. Are you serious? This is how you see me? I've never seen myself like this. And you behold His glory and you're transformed into the image you see because you will see you in Him. And when Christ who is your life appears, you will also appear with Him in glory. And what happens is you're transformed into the same image. And, and part of that is this, you become a mirror. Whoever carries the glory, carries the glory as in a mirror. And then whoever beholds you, beholds Him. And when they behold Him, they behold them. And when they behold them, they get unlocked and they start to carry the glory as in a mirror. And as people see you, as people behold Harmony Church, they go, wow, I can see something in you. I can see the glory of God. And when I see the glory of God in you, it's like I'm looking into a mirror. And for some reason, it feels like I found myself. I feel undone. I feel unstuck. I feel free, man. I walked into this place. I saw Gideon's eyes. Something about the love that he carried. Something about the glory that was on his. Something about the atmosphere that he's cultivated. Something about that communion, that time that he spent. Waiting on the Lord, digging his well. Something about that when I got next to him. Oh my gosh, something just happened. I just found myself. It was like I was all of a sudden clear to see myself the way God saw me. Something came alive in me. I don't know if you've ever been to a place like that and probably all of you have because this is kind of that kind of place. Is that when you go to those kind of places and you're around those kind of people, something in you just comes alive that doesn't come alive in, every, in any other place. It's like, oh my gosh, I never realized this about myself. I just feel free. Christchurch is waiting to be freed. As you learn to carry His glory, where do you go to get the glory? You make time to wait. There's something awaiting in the waiting and He wants to put His weight on those who choose to wait. Will you wait? Will you take the time? And I'm not saying, will Gideon take the time? Or will Catherine take the time? But will you all take the time? All of you. Every single one of you. Imagine if you all did. Oh my goodness. Ah. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you right now. And um, I want to pray for a few things. I first of all just want to declare something over you. And I just want you to put your hands out in front of you right now. In fact, you might as well just stand up. Might as well just stand up. At some point, I'm going to invite you forward just to pray for you and we're going to finish with a song, but I just want to pray for a few specific things first. 
And the first thing I wanna pray for is I just wanna pray the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Not that you're afraid of God, but that you just walk out of this room with an awareness of His nearness that consumes every other thought and brings everything into alignment with that one paramount thing. That your life would be anchored around this truth, God is present with me. It wouldn't be anchored around, oh my gosh, how am I gonna pay my bills? Or oh my goodness, how am I gonna climb the corporate ladder? Or whatever else your life might be anchored around, that your life would from this point on, if it's not already, be anchored around, man, my dad loves me and God is with me. And I'm aware of that, tangibly, physically, actually really aware of that. And so if that's you, I just want you to turn the, turn the vacuum on in your spirit right now. I just want you to press the button that says receive. I want you to press the button that says, I'm drawing on this. I'm receiving this. Yes, I'm gonna take the name. I'm gonna lay hold of the name. I'm gonna embrace you, Jesus. I'm gonna lay hold of the name and I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna receive it because when I lay hold of the name, you give me power and authority to be who I've always been. John 1, 12. And so Father, right now, I declare over this room, God, I ask that the angels would move right now. I declare an open heaven. I declare Your glory, God. I declare Your glory over the space, over every person, over every over every person's entire being, I declare your glory. I declare the spirit of the fear of the Lord. I declare that overwhelming awareness of your nearness over every person. I declare that the atmosphere would shift right now, that everything that would, that would cause there to be a, a, a blindness or a deafness to the reality of your nearness right now, I just break that and just declare that the veil has been torn. The veil has been torn and there is no separation. I call out that, that, that illusion. I say separation is an illusion. That God is with you. God is with you. And I declare right now that people would feel your presence, Lord. That they would feel your presence. I declare an experience of your glory. I declare that not just the glory, but the knowledge of the glory over this room. The knowledge of the glory over this room. I declare your love and your power over this room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.